Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. You guys, we got an amazing show for you today. Super powerful. We went deep. We have the one and only Glenn Lundy joining us. You guys, his story is so powerful, what he learned along the way, and now what he's been able to create. And also the tools that we're giving you today that'll help you not only design your morning, but absolutely take over and crush your day. So make sure you listen to this right till the end, you guys. There's some amazing resources there. And man, his story is so powerful. A little bit about him. He is a husband to one, father to eight, and the host of the wildly popular Facebook live show, Rise and Grind, and the creator of the Breakfast with Champions Club on Clubhouse. If you guys aren't on Clubhouse, this is a big club, and this has been one of the popular ones for quite a while. So if you go on there, make sure you check it out. He's also got 20 years of experience in the automotive industry, and he leads... He leads a dealership from 120 cars a month to 800% increase in sales in five years, becoming the second largest used car franchise in the country. His unique style makes him one of the most coveted GMs in the business. And with a background in sales, finance, he uses his skills to set, he uses his skill sets to create growth as well as tapping into the mental side of human development. You know, you guys aren't going to believe his story. But it's really powerful because there's so many lessons there that you can learn from going through the adversity he's been through. And you guys will get tons out of this. And like I said, there's some great resources after about what the morning five is and how you can take advantage of it in your life. So without further ado, enjoy the show. Glenn Lundy coming right up. Here we go. Glenn Lundy, welcome to University of Adversity, my man. It's a pleasure to have you on. Bro, dude, it's an honor <laughs> to be here, man. I appreciate you sharing the space and time with me. It means the world to me. Absolutely. You're a busy guy and for great reason. You're doing awesome things. Productive guy. Productive yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. Produc- like word busy, productive right? We're going to throw that word busy out. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's that's a good point. Um, so, you know, I was actually, when I was doing research about you and learning about you, I obviously have seen you on Clubhouse. I haven't spent a lot of time on there, but like I've listened, I've popped in here and there. And I love, I love your mission. I love what you're about, you know, going through the morning five and everything. And I, I was reading through it. it. It makes so much sense and I can resonate with it very well. And I want to get into that, but you've sure. also been through a lot in your life and a lot of similarities. I could, I was reading about what you've been through as far as like living kind of a, that reckless life at one point and things sort of unraveling. And, you know, when that's like the point where we start to go, all right, where do we, how do we start to fix this? So what I would love to do is first start out is like, walk us through a little bit of that journey for us, for those that are just getting to learn about you for the first time, walk us through a little bit of the story of like where things really unraveled and where, you know, you had to start to kind of like create that new path for change. Yeah, sure, man. I was living what I call a 2D life for you know into my late 20s basically and uh by 2d i mean mind and body right if it looked good and it felt good the answer was yes 
right? Yeah. Women, sex, drugs, drinking, you know, whatever. If it looked yeah. good, it felt good. The answer was yes. And at that point in my life, Lance, I also had a very Darwinistic approach on life. And what I mean by that is survival of the fittest, bro. Like mm. if I could, it was a game. If I could get over on you, that was your fault, not my fault, right? Like you shouldn't have been slipping up. If I could rob you, steal from you, cheat you, whatever, my conscious saw that as a Darwinistic thing, right? I'm just bigger, badder, stronger than you. That's all. I didn't have a moral compass of any way, shape, or form because it was all mind and body. And so you can only live a life like that for so long, you know? I had this attractive personality. I'm a friendly person. I get along with a lot of people, but you burn enough bridges and you get a strong enough reputation. And it's only a matter of time, you know? Yeah. And so in my late twenties, I basically ran out of resources. I ran out of uh, people to take advantage of. I ran out of, um, you know, money. I ran out of, I had burned bridges with my family uh, I had left the auto industry, which was an industry I was in from age 20 until like age 27. And, uh, I found myself in San Diego, California with no one to, no one to call, nowhere to go. And, and, you know, you just look around one day and I'm like, Oh crap, dude, I'm freaking homeless, bro. Like how yeah. did this even happen? This is crazy. And, um, so I was homeless walking the beaches of San Diego, California, which is, an interesting place to be homeless because one, the weather's perfect. The ocean view is incredible. The beach sand is fantastic. And so I guess if you were going to be homeless, it'd be a cool place to be homeless. But on the other side of that, there's multi-million dollar houses everywhere and there's wealth and abundance all around. And there's families that are sitting on their blankets on the beach and there's people that are on these runs that are all fit and couples holding hands and it's that whole romantic california scene and here i was in the middle of all that you know a homeless dude right mm. and so um in that season my days began began to just be the same i had the same routine Every day I would ride a bus at night that the buses run all night out there in San Diego. So I'd ride the bus at night, get off the bus in the morning, go look for some change, get a sausage McMuffin with egg, spend the rest of the day looking for change and then get back on the bus. Right. Wake up in the morning, go look for some change, get a sausage McMuffin with egg and spend the rest of the day looking for change, get back on the bus. Wow. And it's this Groundhog Day. Same thing, same thing, same thing. And what ends up happening is most people think homelessness sucks because you don't have any money or you don't have a house or you don't have any friends. But really the worst part about homelessness is in time, Lance, you start to become invisible, bro. Mm. Like people won't make eye contact with you anymore because they're afraid you're going to mug them or you're going to ask them for money and they don't want to, you know, they don't want to feel guilty or, or anything like that, or they have judgment or shame or whatever. And so people just stop making eye contact. They will look to the left of you, to the right of you, above you, below you. They won't look at you and you start to blend in with the surroundings. You're like a, another friggin' park bench or a, a palm tree, you know, and I wouldn't wish feeling invisible on my worst enemy. It's an awful, awful feeling to feel that alone and see through. Um, and so homelessness ultimately became hopelessness and 
hopelessness became deep depression. Mm -hmm. Deep depression became suicidal thoughts. And then my suicidal thoughts led to an attempt where I tried to, uh, attempted to drown myself in the Pacific Ocean one night. I uh, decided that would be what was best, right? I had convinced myself, uh, if, if, if I can take my life, then my mom doesn't have to worry about where I am every day. Mm. I can take my own life, then my sister doesn't have to be embarrassed that her brother's some homeless dude over in freaking San Diego, right? If I can uh, take my own life, then all these people that I slighted can feel some sort of um, uh, vindiction, maybe even, that, uh, that, that, you know, that I got what I deserved. And so I convinced myself, attempted, failed. And in that attempt, uh, that's where my eyes were kind of woken up to this, this reality that for the first 10 years of my adult life, 15 years, whatever you want to call that up until that moment, um, I realized that I was living this lie that I was telling myself that I was a victim, first of all, to other people. And that secondly, there are no consequences to um, Darwinistic type actions. <laughs> and, and so I was laying there, man, and Lance, it just hit me. It was like, whoa, bro, you take yourself wherever you go. Those are the words that I heard. You take yourself wherever you go. And those were words that an old mentor used to tell me when I was like in my early 20s. He used to tell me, Glenn, you take yourself wherever you go. You can change environments. You can change the state you live in. You can change your friends. You can, you can change the building. You can change everything around you. You still will be there. Mm. You will always be wherever you go. And so those words came in my head. You take yourself wherever you go. And it hit me, man. For some reason, it finally sunk. It was like, oh, wait a minute. This is my fault. <laughs> like I'm the one who treated people like crap. I'm the one who slighted people. I'm the one like, it, I'm not a victim. I am the catalyst of all things negative in my life. And as soon as I realized that, man, it's so funny. Life is, life is crazy. Everything that you need in life, Lance, all of the doors that you need to open, the paths that you need to go down, they're all in front of you right here, right now. You just can't see them because we're so clouded by our own thoughts, beliefs, and judgments. And it's just like when you go buy a new car, right? You're like, I want that car. Nobody's got that car. And then you buy it. And then for the next two oh, weeks, that's all you see is that same car. Because now all of a sudden you can see it. You're aware of it. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as I became aware of this idea that, wait a minute, I'm the catalyst of all things negative in, life, in my life. So maybe, just maybe, I'm the catalyst or I can be a catalyst of positive things in my life. And if that's the case, I need to know where that power comes from. So I'm a student. I like to study. I, I really like to dig in deep and learn different aspects of things. So as soon as I was like, oh, wait, I'm actually causing this. I'm creating this. Then the very next question was, well, who the heck am I? Why do I have this ability? Why do I have this? Why is it that I can create negative and positive things in my life? And so I had to start doing some homework on who we are as human beings and, uh, I studied um, at the Orange County Church of Scientology for about six months and studied communication, subconscious brain, conscious brain, this thing called Dianetics, so on and so forth. And then uh, after that, or while I was in that, um, they introduced me to this idea of what they call a thetan, which is what we call a soul. I shouldn't say they and we. Scientology calls a thetan, other religions call a soul. And um, that opened my eyes. It was like, okay, wait a minute. People have been telling me that we are 
three part mind, body, and spirit. I've been saying, no, we're just mind, body. But now even science, scienceology <laughs> is saying we're three part. And I wasn't expecting that. So then I'm like, well, I need to know what that is. What's that third part? What is the spiritual element of human beings? I can't, I can't know who I am until I figure that part out. And so uh, after studying Scientology for a little while, I decided to move from there and, and started studying um, different religions from around the world, Buddhism and Catholicism and so on and so forth. And uh, ultimately through studying this guy, um, you know, through studying this guy that they've written these books about, number one best-selling book in the history of all time, 3.7 billion copies sold. It's called The Bible, if you haven't heard about it. And it's about this guy that named Jesus that did some pretty cool stuff in um, like three years of existence, made a global impact that is still uh, making an impact to this day, 2,000 years later. You should really read about him. He's pretty cool. And so I read about him, and through his story, I ultimately was able to that was my path to spiritual understanding i was able to unlock this idea that oh we're not 2d we're 3d mind body and spirit and as a as a spiritual being there are consequences for our actions and as a spiritual being we have the ability to create it's in our dna and we can create negative situations for ourselves or we can create positive situations for ourselves and the way that we serve others ultimately determines the results um, on that we're going to get in our lives. And so that was mind blowing to me, man. And ever since then, I've just been living my life every day, trying to uh, get to know who I am experientially and uh, continuing to try to make a positive impact in other people's lives so that I can ultimately serve that uh, really powerful third dimension that exists in, 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 in all of us. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's the moment. I know that was a little long for me talking, but no, it's, I just it's wanted to get you. Get to beautiful, you man. You know? There's so much there. And, you know, what I, I, when you, I really like hearing about you being homeless and, and it's just like, you know, I'm in uh, Vancouver, BC, Canada, where we have, there's probably the, the most homeless people in one area in the entire world. Mm. And, you know, people, you know, shooting up and, you know, addicted to all kinds of things. And when you said that it really, it hit home because like, there's a big problem here with that. And you walk by these people and you don't really give them a time of day. Sure. You see them as just being in the way and you don't mean to do that. It's not like, Oh, I, I don't want to, you know, it's just right. the way it's, we're conditioned. Natural. And then, Very you know, natural. you catch yourself, this is a human with a story and a family and, and, you know, somewhere along the lines, something happened. Right. And, you know, you, you hear about that and I've been studying a lot about trauma and, and researching this kind of stuff. And just like hearing that about how people feel when they're homeless, man, is you just feel invincible. And hearing that is like, man, it's, it's such a wake up call for us to really pay attention to these people because it's not their fault. Like, you know, a lot of people get to that point, but it's like, there, you know, there was a lot of choices that they made, but there's also some that they, you know, some, some things that happened, you know, through how their, their upbringing or whatever else they ended up homeless. Right. Yeah. What I find fascinating is how you were able to understand, like, I'm homeless. I need to get out of this. And it's that self-awareness, but how does somebody develop that? Like, how do you understand that? Well, it wasn't until I tried to freaking kill myself. Yeah, it's, 
Yeah, then it was like then it was like crap. What am I gonna do now? Like, yeah. I can't go out that way. I can't go out the back door. Yeah, so now wild. I can work my way back up through all of this, man. And it's you know, and that wasn't an option anymore. It wasn't an yeah. option anymore. Being homeless wasn't an option anymore. Um, you know, before it was kind of like this is my plight and this is where I am, and the only way out is death. And when I failed at that, it's like, crap, well, right, you know, what now? Well, I guess if I can't die, I should probably work on living. Yeah. Did <laughs> you, you know? you know, and then also, you know, you could have went down the road of getting addicted to substances and and all of that, right? It's like, it's fascinating for me to to hear when people, there's that spot where it's like, either they go down even worse sure. and they completely, you know, self-destruct or they they find like what you did and start to make the change. And it's like, it's so interesting to me how some people find that, but some people don't, you know, there's a spark. And I mean, it's just, it's wild to think how that, how that is. And then you can just build that momentum going forward. I think that, um, you know, it's interesting, Lance, the, we as human beings tend to, our, our minds tend to generalize, right? We want to generalize things. We want to make things make order and we want to make things make sense. And, and time is one of those things that we generalize. There's 24 hours a day. There's 60 minutes in an hour. There's 60 seconds in a, in a minute. But I mean, says who, right? Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's something that we use as a system, a structural system. But last time I checked, there was no inventor of time that we have, um, communications with and so uh our our idea i don't know about you but in my area like winter is at a completely different time than it was um when i was a kid you know winter you you know used to snow on christmas now it snows on you know spring break and um so time itself is a construct and so what i would like to challenge you and anybody's listening is when we say some people come out of it and some people don't like, I'd like to throw the word yet on there because mm. we don't know what their whole experience is going totally, to be. Yeah. To- I, yeah. Completely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they might be 30 years old and haven't come out yet. 40 years old, haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. 70 years old and haven't figured it out yet. But we don't know what the end looks like for them. And so, you know, I, I want to just challenge people to look at things a little bit differently when you when you see someone in that position. Um, just just know that they're they're experiencing life just like you and I, and they're not at the end yet. If they woke up today, it's not the end. Mm. Now, if somebody dies out there in that street, then we can say they just never they just couldn't turn it around. Right. But I believe that as long as there's breath in their lungs, they have the opportunity to turn it around. And they just might not quite be ready yet. How much of that experience just had developed, you know, that empathy with you and just people later on with helping you in life and, you know, building your success, like being able to know that that's where you were and, and then here you are. So the ability to be able to like have that compassion and empathy for people, like how much did that experience help you later on? And how much does it help you today? Yeah, man, it's all the pieces have to be there to make people complete, right? 
And I'm not sure specifically why this journey for me, um, I, I hopefully I'll find the answer to that one day. I'll be able to ask, you know, why'd you choose me for this path? Could you, could you give me a little bit different path? You know what I'm saying? But I've been born in the big house on the yeah. corner. You know, yeah, no doubt. Stuff, you know, because <laughs> I wouldn't wish it on anybody. I don't yeah. think anybody should take the path that I took. You know, I, would, I wouldn't yeah. wish it on anybody. But as a, you know, where I am now, um, I'm able to see how every piece, it's like Steve Jobs says, you know, you can, you can only connect the dots looking back. Yeah. You can't connect the dots looking forward. And so I'm grateful to still be here. Can I say I'm grateful for those experiences? No, they freaking sucked. But I am grateful for what came out of those experiences and how I'm now able to use that to connect with humans on a deeper level. And, you know, I can have a conversation with a cokehead. I can have a conversation with a homeless dude. I can have a conversation with a jailbird. I've been in and out of jail 17 times. I can have a conversation with broke people. I can have conversations with rich people. I can have conversations with black people, white people, Mexican people, Asian people, you know, like my experience has put me in a position where I can look someone in the eye and usually be able to honestly tell them like yeah me too mm. you know i get it i've been there i totally understand you know so i'm I'm definitely thankful for that yeah because isn't that really what it's about is being able to relate to other humans right it's all about that connection if you can relate to different people then i mean that's really what it's all about the connection yeah. so many people can't relate to other people because they haven't been through it it's like the level of you know, the level of shit that you go through sometimes is the level of love that you're able to have in your heart for other people. It's yeah, it's, no doubt, man. And it's that relatability is so important. Yeah, being I mean, able if you to can't say really connect too. with people. I mean, if you can't relate and connect and build those relationships, like what's the point? What else is there? That's it. That's it. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. I have a friend, uh, I was having this conversation similar to this with a friend of mine, a friend of mine, um, a friend of mine shared a controversial post and I was kind of surprised that this friend of mine had shared controversial, not anything controversial towards me, but towards the, uh, just controversial in the, uh, religious world versus the, uh, LGB I don't know all the letters. I apologize. Yeah, no, I know. Um, but that, that those two communities, you know, don't really go hand in hand a lot in a lot of ways. And um, so my religious friend shares this uh, this controversial post, and I was like, I'm kind of surprised you sh- shared that. Like, why why'd you share that? And uh, my friend was like, Well, it it's a very loving conversation of you know, and I just thought that the way that it was written was so loving and considerate for the person who's made this choice to be in this world, blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, how do you know that that's a loving, lovingly written thing? And they said, what do you mean? I read it. I said, are you gay? I said, no. I said, then how do you know? How do you know how a gay person's going to feel about that post? Yeah. If you haven't experienced it, then don't go, don't go sh- saying, well, you, this this is loving. I, I would take this as loving if I were. You can't say that. You don't know. Yeah. So just don't say nothing. If you haven't experienced it, as far as I'm concerned, like people come to me, they'll ask me, you know, hey, Glenn, um, you know, I lost my I lost my child at 12 years old. What should I do? I'm like, 
sister. I don't know. Like, I've never yeah. lost a child at 12 years old. I'm not, I'm not, I love you. I will pray for you. Uh, I will hug you and I will help you find someone that can talk to you about that, right? Because that's not me. But come to me and say, you know, I like doing some blow. I party too much. I like chasing women. I've been in and out of jail my whole life. I'm like, bro, let's go have a freaking beer. Like, if you're allowed to drink a beer, <laughs> let's go have, let's yeah. go have a beer, right? And so I just don't have conversations in. I don't put my opinions out there on things that I don't have any business talking on. Yeah. I feel like there's seven billion people on the planet. There's someone else that can have that conversation. And so you're 100% right, man. If we would just associate, if we would just, if we would empathize and love all humans and add value to conversations in the areas that we've individually experienced, the world would be a tremendously, tremendously better place, man. That's the problem nowadays is everybody's, wherever you stand with whatever you believe, it's like everybody's got the answers. Yeah, everybody but- knows what everybody needs. Because of a certain narrative or whatever you decide that you believe or your circle of friends or your, that's the right way. And you're absolutely right. It's like, how do you know that that's the right way? Like, how do we even know what's true? What's being told to us, whatever side that you're on, it doesn't even matter. It's like, (laughs) you don't know unless you've been through it or you actually have studied this stuff or whatever we want to talk about. Right. Yeah. It's, it's important. And the main thing is, I totally agree with you. I don't talk about shit that I don't know things unless I'm a hundred percent sure. Right. You know, like you right. want to talk to me about, you know, I was, a, I was a hockey player as an athlete. We can talk about that. I was a bartender, degenerate partier. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. But like, you know, talk about some podcasting stuff or whatever. Sure. But right. like when it starts to talk about stuff that like, I'm not comfortable to say that I know this stuff and I'm just like you. And I, I feel like there's too many people that, that are are jumping into that territory and it's dangerous because a lot of people are full of shit oh yeah like it's like you know and 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 to to top it all off there's the 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 biggest i want to say the biggest because that's another generalization but one of the things that i think is ultimately making a massive impact on this planet is the fact that there is no longer a baseline truth right yeah without a baseline truth everyone has an opportunity to be right and humans by nature feel as though in order to be right someone else must be wrong we think in opposites right we were trained this as we were when we were kids if you um two plus two is four right and if you wrote uh, two plus two is three. You're trained that that's wrong, and two plus two is four is right. Green check mark, red X. Mm-hmm. That's how we're trained from very young age. And even if you don't show your work on some cases, but you get to the solution, they tell you that's wrong because you did it the wrong way because you, you know it's, it's either wrong or it's right. Even though you got to the same conclusion, yeah, they'll tell you it's wrong because you did it a different way than they told you to do, and so. We're just by nature told that there's right and there's wrong. And I don't believe that. I believe that you and I can both be right, mm-hmm. 100%. And we can believe different things and both be right, right? Yeah. Your experience, what's right for you might not be right for me. What's right for me might not be right for you. And so now because of algorithms, social media, 
all the different, you know, all the stuff, all the puppets and stuff behind the scenes, there's no longer a baseline truth because whatever Lance hits like on, Lance gets more of. Yeah. Whatever Glenn hits like on, Glenn gets more of. And we've lost the truth somewhere in there. So somebody said, well, I read this entire article written by 19 doctors and every single doctor says this, 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 and that. You're an idiot if you think any different. And I'm yeah. like, bro, I read 19 articles and every single doctor said the exact same different thing than what you just said. So yeah. you're an idiot. Yeah. And if people would just realize that, you know what? You're both probably wrong. Yeah. Because there is no baseline truth. Yeah. Except for what we experience ourselves individually our individual experiences is really the only truth we can have as human beings so to project to someone else what they should be experiencing senseless and it's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse as more and more as we get more plugged into texts to emails to social to media to ipads to as we become more digitized as we we, we become digital currency is really what, what what's happening. It's more and more and uh, more and more. The truth has gotten more and more lost in, in the shuffle. Yeah. And it's a lot of people like what I suggest for myself, too, is like a lot of people don't actually feel into themselves. Like, does this actually feel right to you? Like you know, doesn't matter. Take away all the stuff, all the social media, your phone, but like, does this feel right? doesn't matter what anybody said, but does it feel right? Does it feel good in your gut? And if it doesn't, it's probably not. And a lot of this stuff, people are so, the, the problem is we get so wrapped up in the externals that we forget to listen to that. And it's, it's just kind of the way, and, and this is the problem too. And this is why I want to segue into like morning routine and talking about your morning five, because I think it's really important to be able to give yourself that space first thing in the morning, because this is something for me that I've noticed specifically. If I don't honor that in the morning. The whole day is just chaos. Oh yeah, totally. It's like, oh, what's this person doing? Oh, this email. Oh shit. <laughs> you're just, you're literally reacting all day. Because you're in, you're you're literally the passenger of your life versus being in the driver's seat, right? And when you go through this and doing that stuff in the morning, it allows you to be like, "All right, I'm in control now. Like, let's let's do this." So, totally. walk us through the morning five, man, because like I I think this is so important, and I'm so glad that you have this because it's such a such a foundation for people to to connect to that first thing, right? Walk oh, us man. through that and the importance of a morning routine. Yeah. So um, the morning five, five simple steps to an extraordinary life is uh, it's an ebook that I wrote. Uh, anybody can get for free at the morning five.com. And uh, it just breaks down, you know, as the title says, five simple yep. steps, five little things that you can do every single morning. Um, never hit the snooze button, no phone first thing in the morning, gratitude and goals, take care of the physical, send out an encouraging message. And I'll break those down here in just a little bit. Um, but before I do, I want, sometimes people are like, yeah, I've heard it, yeah, yeah, yada, 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 morning routine. I've got kids. Um, I've got to get them to school. I don't have time, so on and so forth, right? And I hear these things all the time because I am the, the morning guy. So I hear them often. And um, I just want to challenge everybody in that thought process. So I do have eight children. I got eight babies. Uh, wow. Seven of them are 12 years old and younger. And um 
I also have two businesses. I travel the world 115 days a year and uh, all of those things. And the morning routine is and always will be my number one priority. And there's always space for it. Again, time is a construct. So there's always space for it when you make it a priority. But here's why, Lance. This is why. Because a lot of people say, well, that's selfish. I got to take care of everybody else. Listen to me, please. Mm. Have you ever heard the story of the three little pigs? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that story, right? Mm-hmm. Got the three little pigs. One of them, you know, there's a big bad wolf that's threatening to huff and puff and do all this stuff. And so you got one little pig that he goes and he, he says, I probably should build some shelter. And he builds his house out of straw, right? And he just does it the easy way, he builds the house out of straw, and he runs off, goes, hangs out at the club or does whatever he does, right? Goes drinking with his buddies. And then his brother looks at the house made of straw and says, dude, that ain't going to hold up against no wolf. I'm going to take a little more energy and effort. And he builds this house made out of wood, right? And so he's a little bit late to the party, and then he goes and parties. And the third little pig looks at his two brothers' house and says, that ain't going to work. Neither one of those things are going to hold up. And so he takes the time to figure out how to lay bricks. And in order to figure out how to lay the bricks incredibly perfectly he researches he goes on youtube he watches the thing he mixes the cement he buys all the supplies he gets to work he's got cement on his brow he's sweating he's doing all of these things and he's building this house out of brick and stone and he lays every single brick perfectly right so we you guys all know this story and 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 then the the wolf right the big bad wolf comes and he goes up to the house made of straw and he says, you better let me in, right? And the pig's like, not by the hair of my chitty chin chin. You guys remember that? And, then, <laughs> and he, he says, well, I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff and I'm going to blow your house down, right? And he does. He huffs and he puffs and he blows the house down. And the little pig goes running off, right? And then he goes to the one made out of wood. He knocks on the door. He says, let me in. And the pig says, not by the hair of my chitty chin chin. And then he says, I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff and I'm going to blow your house down. And he does. He huffs and he puffs. He blows the house down. The little pig goes running off, right? Then he gets to the last house, the one made out of brick. When he gets there, he knocks on the door. He says, you better let me in. He says, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin, bro. You ain't coming in here. And the wolf says, I'm going to huff. I'm going to puff. I'm going to blow the house down. And he huffs and he puffs and he huffs and he puffs and he huffs and he puffs. And ultimately, he's not able to blow the house down and he leaves, right? Everybody remembers the story. Lance, I'm sure you remember the story. Oh, yeah. But do you remember what happens on the last page? It's been a while. It's been a while. The very last page of that book, and this is what everybody missed when they read that story. On the very last page, there's a picture of the wolf defeated walking away from the house, the brick house. And inside the brick house is all three brothers. Hmm. Your morning routine is the way that you build a solid foundation so that you can weather whatever storms are going to come huffing and puffing your way. Building this solid foundation is not just for you. There are other people in your lives who aren't going to take the time to do it. There are other people who are going to build houses out of straw and they're going to build houses out of wood. And when storms come and knock them down, they need somewhere to go. They need someone who has built on their life on a solid foundation to protect them from the storm. So if you won't do it for you, Lance, do it for them. Do it for your spouse who's counting on you to be freaking solid when she's weak. 
Do it for your kids that are counting on you to be a freaking great dad when they need you to freaking pick them up. They need that energy. They need that hug. They need that lift. They scrape their knee. They're dealing with whatever. Do it for your employees if you're a freaking boss and you, you've got people that are counting on you. Do it for them, man. Do it for the community. Like, if you won't do it for you, do it for them. Morning routines are the only way to prepare for the storms that we all know are coming. The only way. And so you've got to serve self first so that you can be a freaking rock, man, for, for the other people in your life. So I like to share it that way so people can get some context on why this is so important and how it ultimately impacts everything. Mm. You're either the little pig with the house of straw running over to the solid foundation or you can be the solid foundation. Which one do you want to be? Yeah, it's a great way to think about it. I, and I like thinking about it as like kind of like putting on your body armor for the day. You know, it's like you've like no doubt like ready to go. And I love that, man, because it's so true because the world is going to the external environments. People are going to try and knock you off, get into your house. And if you got that oh, foundation, yeah. nobody's getting in, no matter what the external circumstances are, because they're coming no matter what, whether it be adversity, whether it be some, you know, the haters of the world, social media, whatever it is, but you don't want anything to penetrate that because that's, right. that's sacred in there for everybody. That's right. For everybody, man. That's mm -hmm. what it's all about. So those five simple steps, excuse me. Those five simple steps uh, in just, you know, in a very short amount of time, they allow you to tap into mind, body, and spirit, right? We don't hit the snooze button. There's a lot of science behind that. The snooze button's the devil, bro. Stay away from it. The dream killer. <laughs> yeah, dude, for real. It's a hard one. That's a tough one, man. Because when it happens, you're like, does it really matter? And it's that, oh, it matters, it's that inner bitch. You're like, yeah, it does. <laughs> well, once you understand the science behind it, dude, so we sleep in, in sleep cycles and they're called circadian rhythms. And when you hit the snooze button, you basically take yourself from a light sleep back into a, back into a deep sleep. And that cycle is going to take you anywhere from 90 minutes to three hours. So this is why most people wake up so groggy. They sleep that extra 10 minutes, but they actually feel worse for the next 90 minutes to two, two and a half hours. They're not at optimal performance because their body's going through a whole another sleep cycle, mm. all for that extra 10 minutes of rest. So the snooze button's the greatest salesman in the world that says, hey, stay here 10 more minutes and you're going to feel great. The truth is you're going to feel much, much worse when you hit that yeah. snooze button. So I didn't know that that was actually what what the that it actually puts you back into that deep sleep. It yeah, makes sense because I always feel worse. I'm like, why didn't I just get up 10 minutes earlier? That's exactly <laughs> right. And this is why coffee is such a, you know, uh, um, a staple in, in this country, especially. And I'm assuming around the world is because most people just don't understand sleep. and They're not sleeping right. And so they feel they have to grab some fuel in the morning because they feel groggy. Whereas if you just woke up at the right point in your cycle then the grogginess goes away. So I sleep four hours and 20 minutes at night. I go to bed at 11 p.m. I get up at 3.20 a.m. Really? And, I, and I've got the energy, bro, to go all day long, every day, and I don't drink caffeine. I've never drank caffeine my entire life. So Wow. But I'm That's right wild, dude. I know my cycle. And if I'm on Pacific time and I got to do a show in the morning and I can only sleep two hours and 10 minutes, I can sleep two hours and 10 minutes and wake up ready to go and be able to rock and roll all day long. Do you nap? It's all about landing in the cycle. And so once you figure it out, it's like a superpower, bro. Do you power nap at all? 
Oh, sometimes I'll do a 17 minute. Mm. Yeah, you don't want to go more than 17 because then you drop into a deep sleep cycle. Wow. And then, okay, so obviously, what do you do? You leave your phone on airplane, airplane mode in the morning, or do you like oh, how I do you? on my phone you just turn it completely you just turn it off completely like period like, like it's right just now. off okay yeah, yeah i don't have notification my, my phone is my tool for me to use when i want to use it okay it's not a tool for other people to um so you have a separate i just want to break this down for people just so that okay so you have yeah. a separate do you have an alarm clock like do you recommend getting a separate alarm clock and not using your phone for the alarm I or what? so you're saying first thing in the morning yeah yeah, I apologize. No, I use my phone as an alarm clock. Yeah. Okay. Use, yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about like throughout the day notifications. I apologize. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, I, I was kind of just just because you know I talk about morning routine a lot, and I have my own, yeah. and it's very similar to this. So you know, I I notice when I don't put my phone on airplane mode the night before, then when I look at it, then I got all these notifications, and it like throws me uh, off in the morning, right? I see. Yeah. I have my notifications off. Yeah. Yeah, completely off. So that so, it doesn't disturb you. So you yeah, do... Yeah. So you, like you, when I want to go to Facebook, I go to Facebook and I mm. look. When I want to go to Instagram, I go to Instagram. When I want my texts, I go look at my texts. <laughs> so you, you start off, you go right into gratitude and goals then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I throw headphones on first and I put on uh, instrumental music, stuff without words. Mm. So the key to a solid morning routine is you don't want any outside influence. Right. That's why step number two is don't touch your phone like because your phone is emails, texts, notifications. None of that's going to be good for you first thing in the morning. You know, like, let's just face the reality. Uh, none of that's going to be good first thing in the morning. And so and even the words you listen to in the songs can shift your frequency. It can shift your tone. Mm. You know, if you're waking up first thing in the morning, listening to freaking uh, nothing against this type of music, there's time and place for all of it. But if you're listening to hardcore rap or you're listening to heavy metal, you know, anything like that, you're you're setting the tone for your day. So if you plan on being angry and wanting to shoot people in the face all day, then I highly suggest that you start with aggressive music. If that's your job to shoot people, then you should probably start there. If your job is not require you to shoot people, then I would suggest that you uh, find some instrumental music, something that's not going to. Uh, it's upbeat, right? We want to be upbeat and energized, but we just don't want to be influenced, man. It's yeah. such a crucial time of the day. So I throw the headphones on, instrumental music. I go straight downstairs. I grab this right here, which is my rising grind planner that I take with me every, everywhere I go. So that's August 5th. That's my stuff right there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I write down 10 things that I'm thankful for. Then I write down my goals for today, this month, and in 2021. And, uh, after that, I'll like map out my schedule and, and start to kind of dive in. Mm. Uh, but step four is to take care of the physical. An object in motion tends to stay in motion, right? So I don't care if you walk, crawl, run, play golf, racquetball, what, like whatever your thing is, just get freaking moving, dude. Get the mm. blood pumping, get the blood flowing, right? And um, now once you reach that state, that peak state, that's what I call peak state. So you didn't hit snooze. You didn't grab your phone. You wrote down your gratitude, you wrote down your goals, you listened to some good instrumental music, you worked out, got your body moving. Now you should be vibrating at an incredibly powerful frequency. And what's crazy about energy is energy cannot be created, nor does it dissipate. I don't know if you knew this, Lance, mm -hmm. but it can only be converted. 
So all the energy that exists on this planet has existed here from the very beginning. It's the exact same amount of energy. It's just been converted into all these trillions of trillions of different things. And so once you've, you've built up, you've converted all of that into positive energy, you release it by sending out an encouraging message. Now, I don't care if that's a text message or a phone call, maybe a sticky note, whatever it is, right? You just release that out into the universe. And not only does it make an impact on whoever it lands on, but ultimately that gets converted into positive energy and comes back and makes an impact on you. So those are, those are the five steps, man. Yeah, I like them because, I mean, people, that's, it's not a hard thing to do. It's just committing to them, right? And it's, it's just so important to commit to doing them. And how many people just don't do what they say they're going to do in the morning, you know, and then they wonder why the things get chaotic. I notice in my own life when I don't do that stuff, I'm just like, everything is, it's everything. I'm never as focused. I'm never as aligned with my purpose. Yeah, totally. Like it's so easy to fall off, right? And as you probably notice, people make excuses and all this kind of stuff as <laughs> to how they can't do it. Yeah. And what's crazy is it's usually the first thing to go when people have like when their life's going bad, you know, they lose a job, they get a divorce, they uh, whatever. That's the first thing to go. And they'll tell me all the time, oh, man, I haven't done it for a while. I had this come up. I lost my father, I lost my whatever. And I'm like, that's when you're supposed to double down, man. Mm. When life sucks, you need to do 20 gratitudes instead of 10. Yeah. You know, like freaking double down. Don't get a don't don't get rid of the freaking foundation. Yeah. You don't get rid of a foundation because you got a crack in the wall on your house. You would never do that. It's stupid, right? Mm. You make sure the foundation's solid and you freaking refill in the cracks. And, mm. and that's that's what we need to do in our lives. Love it, man. Gonna wrap it up here pretty soon. I I just have one more question for you. And yeah, man. it's around out of all that you've been through, what would you say is the number one lesson that adversity has taught you? The number one lesson that I've learned from adversity is that we are much better humans when we are in an un, when we are in uncomfortable situations we tend to rise when we have to right and so a lot of people spend their life seeking comfort i just want to I want to be comfortable. I want to have enough money to be comfortable. I want to be in a relationship that I'm just comfortable. Like we settle for this. We settle and seek comfort. But comfort is really like, there's no growth in comfort. None. Zip, zero. So if you're not growing, then you're doing what? Dying. Yeah. So the reality is you're most comfortable in life right before death. If you get comfortable in your job, someone will come and take it. You will get fired. You get comfortable. You worked your whole career to get to be in the NFL or to be a professional hockey player. And then you get there and you're like, yeah, now I don't have to do any of the hard stuff. Boom, you're toast. Somebody replaces you in a heartbeat, dude. Yeah. As soon as we get comfortable, it's over. And so adversity, I'm not saying seek adversity. I'm saying appreciate adversity. Anytime you find yourself in an uncomfortable situation, look at it and say, 
how can I use this as fuel for what's next? Mm. Not how am I going to keep this neck or this foot on my neck as long as possible and allow it to beat me down. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. That's the biggest lessons I've learned is it's, uh, I'm thankful for it. That, uh, not when I'm going through it, but after I've made my, after I've elevated from it. Mm. It's beautiful, man. Where can everybody check you out? Obviously, you're the host Rise and Grind. It's the Facebook Live show, right? Breakfast of Champions on Clubhouse. What else yeah, do you got yeah. going on that we can send people to find you, man? Because you uh, you got lots of value, and I want to send everybody your way. I appreciate that, man. If you if you just go to themorning5.com, that's really the best thing. Uh, download the free ebook. You can read it in less than an hour. We can connect. I'm everywhere. If you search my name on Google, I don't know. I don't know what it is about uh, the other Glenn Lundy's in the world, but apparently they don't care much about social media or anything like that. Cause you search my name, bro. I'm everywhere, man. Especially <laughs> hit my name and hit videos. You can go like 81 pages before you'll ever find another Glenn Lundy. Oh, you love uh, that. <laughs> oh, it's awesome, dude. I mean, and it's a fairly common name, but apparently the rest of them are, I don't know what they're doing with their lives, but they're not in the media world. So you search my name if you want to connect on social, but I really would love it if you, uh, I want to give you something to begin our relationship. And, and the best thing that I know how to give is a solid morning routine that can make an impact in your life. So the morning5.com. Make sure you get that, everybody. I downloaded it, read it. It's got lots of, it's, you know, really elaborating with everything that we talked about, the five steps and Glenn's story. So definitely get that. And uh, dude, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you coming on. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening to this, subscribe as well or follow button on Spotify. And if you want to show value, if you want to support the show, leave us a review or share this in, in on your stories on Instagram or social media. Whatever you can do to show that you got value, it means a lot. And I want to make sure you stay on top of the episodes. So, so we continue to just churn out this amazing content with these amazing people. I couldn't do it without you guys. So make sure to check out um, Glenn's stuff as well. We'll have a resource. We'll have a link to go download The Morning 5. I downloaded it. I read up on it, and it's really, really useful. And that'll give you some resources as to like join his Facebook group and to how to follow him on Clubhouse. So love you guys. I appreciate you. Couldn't do it without you. Have an amazing day.